Hi, it's Jasmine. You know, that girl who did you know what way before the internet ever existed. Join me and my special guest every week as we talk about anything and everything because nothing is too taboo. So punch your ticket and get on board the crazy train with me, Jasmine Saint Clair. All aboard! So, like, I said you look really familiar, and it's because I've probably seen you and you in, like, all of my favorite heavy metal magazines, and you photographed one of my favorite album covers of all time. It's the Bon Jovi one, Slippery When Wet. Okay, which version? There's a lot of them. The one with the blonde with the cut-up T-shirt. Okay, yeah, that was uh, that was a good one. That's the one that, that never made it, but it did make it to Japan. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it's in a lot of uh, I've been seeing it around lately on a lot of merch, which I I just kind of like, you know, just kind of saw for the first time a lot of it. So it's it's it always keeps creeping up. Yeah, I still have the T-shirt. I actually cut it up. I'm like when I was younger, I was hoping, gosh, maybe one day I could do something like that. But I just want like a few steps further than that. Uh, so you started doing photography at a fairly young age. And how did you eventually get paid for it? Because that's like the dream job that anyone would want. Then I know you got arrested outside of a KISS show once before for selling photos. Yeah, well, that's what I did for, for a couple of years. And then when I got arrested for selling my pictures for a dollar a piece outside of the Madison Square Garden, I went to Circus Magazine the next day and I just brought my portfolio and, you know, I'm still in high school and it's just good timing. And I met the art director and he told me, uh, he said, I like what you do, but you got to shoot on this film and try to get this and that. So I kind of, that's what I did. And six months later, I went back when I had some photos of Aerosmith when they played Giant Stadium with Ted Nugent and they needed photos. And my first photograph uh, ever published was the centerfold of Steven Tyler in Circus Magazine. And then the ball just started rolling and and uh, I was off on doing assignments with them. And, and that's kind of how it started. How old were you exactly when you had your first paid gig as a music photographer? Uh, probably around that same age. Like I was like 19, 18, 19 years old. Did you ever go to the KISS convention by any chance? Uh, I think I did. I, one of my my things that I don't remember is my memory. I don't <laughs> remember a lot of things, which is why it was so uh this is why like i really wanted to do a book i figure if i put a book together and put it in a kind of a you know an order per year i'll kind of remember and try to remember and kind of just document like what i did in those 10 years there's so much i did and to remember a third of that would have been a miracle but i really don't remember it much but once the photographs start you know surfacing and and i start interviewing we start interviewing some of the my my subjects it kind of like brings it back. And then the more I look at it, the more I read what they're saying, it kind of makes sense. And, uh, and, and that's kind of one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this book. Yeah. I think that's one of the best ideas. It's way better than anything I probably am out there right now. Uh, I always buy coffee table books. It's one of my hobbies. I collect them. And oddly enough, years ago, there was a place called It's Only Rock and Roll in Manhattan. Did you ever go into that store in the 90s at all? It was a heavy metal store. Yeah, definitely. I, uh, who, I, don't, I forget who ran it, but I it's more, I used to work there. I was like 17 years old. 
Was that Mark? Was Mark, Mark the Debbie? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> back actually, one of the when I was uh, in the seven in the late seventies, I believe they were the ones that were kind of responsible for those flea markets, and that's where I first started uh, doing. There's actually a picture of me and my friend Pat selling pictures at a booth in in the early years in the book, and that was at one of those conventions. Yeah, that's what they used to do. I used to sell at the kids conventions as well. But yeah. for selling and photograph for a dollar outside of the outside of Madison Square Garden, I probably would have arrested you too because that's super cheap, especially for the type of work that you've done. And to think, I mean, there's so many people out there that shoot for free and have always probably wanted to have a gig like yours. Do you think it's a lot different now shooting than when you were doing it? Uh, probably it's uh, a lot different because. Uh, you know, I mean, back then I just did it kind of for the, the passion and, and the love of it. I, I think a lot of people are doing it now. Well, I think that it's the same. I think that people are doing it now because they love it, too, because there really isn't that much money to be made in rock and roll photography unless you really latch onto a band or, you know, you start doing uh, other kind of commercial photography. But you know, straight rock and roll photography is kind of hard unless, of course, you're working for Rolling Stone. But to get to that, to that 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 level is uh very difficult you know back then when i started it was uh it was it was accessible and and to see your photographs in those all those magazines was was really uh it was really a high and, and that's why i did it i never really did it for the money it just turned into a career you know, luckily for me you know well yeah i mean to get a, a camera at such a young age and have that gift is big what do you think you would have been doing if you didn't do photography for a living musician uh, probably still mowing lawns to have my own landscaping <laughs> business you know well you, you were know, good I, at that too so yeah that's how i got my first camera i was mowing lawns but it just uh it's really you know i wasn't really uh a, a, you know into school and studying and uh so i i was always concerned what i was going to do when i grew up even at a young age and and it, just the way it fell into this it's like once i found one thing that I really loved, I just, you know, grab, you know, grabbed it and just kind of ran with it. Now, do you ever stay in touch with any of the models that were used in any of those album covers? The, I'm obsessed with the Slippery right. Wet, obviously. So did you ever right. stay in touch with her? Like, what did she ever end up doing with her life? What was her name? Denise? Uh, no, no, that, that was Angela. Angela should, uh, should, um, I, I, I can't. I can't even pronounce it. Yeah, it's an Italian yeah. name. Did you ever so, stay in touch with her? Like, what, what did she end up doing? Well, about uh, maybe twenty years after that, like probably when she was like forty, she came to my studio and she wanted to uh, pose for a magazine and she wanted test shots. And that's like kind of like the first time I've seen her in a while. And then just recently, when I came, when the book came out. I asked her if she wanted to come to my event and and kind of like get a, get one of the shirts and I like cut it up and kind of like do some photos for some press and things like that. So we recently, probably within the last six months, did an interview for my, I have a podcast called The Decade That Rocked that now we're turning into called Rock Scene. And we interviewed her and she's on there. You can see her uh, and we talk about the shoot and uh, yeah, she's uh you know, she's still around. She still looks good. And she's still a new, a new Jersey girl. 
Yeah, that's right. They're from New Jersey. It's Bon Jovi. And uh, did you ever do anything for Slaughter or Rat? Or better yet, did you ever work with Tani Katane? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, in the book, in one of the chapter openers, there's a, a small photo of me and Tawny. Uh, she came to my studio with one of the bands and I said, you know, let's do some more photos. And we kind of played around. And there was a album cover uh, I was going to do for uh, the third album, Love is for Suckers by Twisted Sister. And it was a girl licking a lollipop, having a lollipop in her mouth. So I had her come over and do like a test shot of her kind of kind of sucking on a lollipop. But instead of lollipop, we had her. It was like a Sharpie, I think, or something, because we didn't have any lollipops. And I turned it in and we didn't use her as the model for that. But uh, uh, that cover was was definitely uh, a girl with that. But that's when I shot her. And then I did some other shots with her. And, you know, I did stay in touch with her over the years. Yeah, I definitely think that era when you're shooting album covers, it was so much more, this is going to sound like a really weird term to use, more glamorous. And it was more, it was so much bigger than like what you see now. And the models that they had back then were amazing. They were all gorgeous all across the board. They had like the big hair and the makeup and everything. Um, when you were younger, do you ever, were you a fan of any specific band that made you want to get into all of this? Uh, well, going back to Slaughter and Rat, you know, those are all bands that, uh, you know, everyone had girls in, in their video shoots and I always be at the video shoot. So that was one thing that, you know, that was part of the eighties, you know, it was the big hair and it was the lighting, the big production and the girls. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, all the bands that I work with, it's like, I still, I'm still friends with, and I still work with over the years. Which band would you say is it that made you want to get into photography specifically, or is it just the love of photography, photographing anything? Yeah, it was, it's just the lifestyle. It, was, it wasn't a specific band. It was just, uh, you know, it's like every time I shot a new band, it was like having four or five new friends. It was, you know, it, it was the music. We all, we all kind of grew up. All the, it seems like all the bands from the eighties, we all kind of loved the same bands. Like, you know, um, Led Zeppelin and Kiss and Aerosmith and Bowie. And so that's was our common ground. So when we met, we were instant friends and I just happened to have a camera and they used, they just happened to be on stage. And, uh, and that's what kind of gave me the, the access that I, you know, I ended up getting all those amazing images and looking back is there, yeah, I'm kind of, telling the story now through my photographs of the times we had and there's not going to be another decade like that so i'm really focusing my time now on creating books and uh and sharing the memories i mean i'm working right now uh with a girl named missy whitney who was a quiet riots uh fan club president uh before quiet riot and this is uh when she was when she first saw dubrow uh, Kevin's band and she was the fan club president. So she came up with me with a, a manuscript and I got involved and we're going to be, I'm going to be self-publishing it and working with her on it. And it's actually, this is it right here. It it's be called Keep On oh, Rolling. Kevin, you know, I dated him briefly. Oh, so tell me about Kevin. <laughs> um, he liked my cats. Oh yeah. He liked cats. 
Um, and he liked my Tamagotchi, um, those little nano babies. I had like a little Tamagotchi because it would keep me company. I got, I got really lonely really easily when I was traveling. So I had to have something like whether it's a stuffed toy, someone to speak to on the phone or like those Tamagotchis to play with. But yeah, he was interesting <laughs> to say the least. And I knew David Forrest, who I think was managing Kevin prior to any of that. I don't know if you were around Kevin back then when he first came to Hollywood or when he was first working with David. Um, it was quite a while ago. Yeah, I, I first met Kevin in 83 at the US Festival. And then I did the Bang Your Head single sleeve and we became pretty good friends. He actually gave me the keys to his house whenever he was out of town and we stayed and he was at my wedding. So yeah, so this this book is that's going to be coming out probably in the next, in this year for sure will be a testament to his uh his uh his music and, and his you know he was so uh uh driven and this book will really show that can i see the photo again please like the cover of it it looks yeah, yeah, so yeah. cool and uh rudy oh, look at him yeah he looks great yeah and this is the back cover and there's a picture of missy yeah she was, she was only 16 when she uh when she met him and uh this is just a mock-up that's why it's kind of a mess but but uh rudy uh did the forward and and kevin's mom did the afterward laura uh and it's just a really good it's a nice story on on her relationship with kevin it was purely as a fan and uh, a lot of respect between the two of them and a lot of letters going back and forth. And it just it was a really interesting tale. And I wanted it to help bring it to fruition and turn it into a hardcover book. Uh, and uh, and it's going to be happening. We're working on it pretty hard for the last two years. What's the name of it? It's called Keep On Rolling. And Keep On Rolling was the name of the song called Party All Night. So that's they changed the name of Keep On Rolling to Party All Night. That's where that that's where the name came from. Now, one of my one of the favorite photos that you have is the D. Schneider dressed up as a leprechaun. What was that all about, and who came up with that whole idea? Was that you? Was it D. Or uh, it was me. I mean, it was nineteen eighty-five after the success of Stay Hungry, getting ready to do come out and play, and we did a photo shoot on the West Coast. And I said, "Let's do. Why don't we do a kind of like a calendar?" So we dressed <laughs> him up in all these different outfits, you know, as Cupid, as uh, uh, as the leprechaun for, you know, for that, for that. And we did something for Thanksgiving in the back of my book. He's dressed up like a grandma sitting in a rocking chair, giving me the finger, kind of like a, like a Thanksgiving mother's day kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun with that. We never put it out, but, uh, you know, they're surfacing every once in a while. I'll throw it out there on social media. Yeah, I want to see the one. I kind of want to see the one of D. Schneider as a Cupid, and I kind of don't. It just depends on like what he's wearing in the photo. So yeah, D's actually is full twisted sister, and his son Jesse is the one that's uh, in the. He was only like a year old or two years old. He's in the diaper with the the Cupid uh, outfit. Okay, that's okay. Then then I, then I want to see it for sure. Did you find it really hard to get the uh, trust of a lot of the musicians when you photograph them and to build that friendship? Uh, no, for me, we were just people that liked the same thing I liked. And they just, you know, they trusted me to make them look good. And once I felt their trust, then it made it even easier. And and once I showed them the photos the first time, then they, they liked what they saw. And then they just embraced 
you know, my being there even more, which gave me more access, which, you know, gave me the ability to photograph them over the decades. That's awesome. I mean, I really just love your work. You're sort of, it's just, I'm sort of, this is really just a weird thing for me to say because I've never been starstruck by anyone before that's come on this podcast. So you're like the first person who's oh. popped my like starstruck cherry. I'm sorry. And like, I've seen your photos before. This is just so unprofessional and so unlike me. Like I've hit on guys before on my podcast because they're like half my age and that's different, but this is just totally different. Like you're, I love everything you've done. And it just really, I mean, I probably had your posters on my walls at some point. Um, did you ever have the chance of photographing Lita Ford? Oh uh, yeah, of course. In 1983 was the first time I shot her. And, uh, yeah, we hit it off right away. And, and the outfit that she wore was very, uh, very sexy. Uh, and she kind of went with it and trusted me. And then since then we built a great relationship. She's like, like a sister to me. Uh, I did her living like a runaway album cover and packaging, which was out in the last, I don't know, it could be 10 years right now. I'm not even sure, but we spent some time working on that. Uh, and we you know, always have good results. She's a great subject. She looks great. She's rocks. And uh, yeah, we just, uh, those are one of many of my, my relationships that are still strong to this day. That's really cool. I could see that. You're very, um, you're very mellow. And very uh, well spoken. Plus, your work speaks for itself. Did you, did you ever photograph any of those campaigns for BC Rich at any point, like the old ones for the Virgin guitar or the Bitch? No, I never. I never really did any kind of guitar ads. Demarzio, I did some uh, ad work in Kramer back in the day, but uh, no, I didn't do anything with that. Would you say there were any of the shoots that you've done that were like? impossible like maybe it was a weather condition or just timing or something like that uh really like you know the only shoot that didn't go as well as i wanted was the and i talk about it in the book is the the danzig shoot uh just because you know he was uh i don't know if i i don't want to say difficult but he didn't take my direction kindly uh he didn't get my sense of humor and uh and it didn't reflect in the photos because he loved the photographs. He just he just didn't like to be touched at the end of the day because, you know, when I'm not getting what I want, I'll, I'm really hands on literally and I'll move the artists around and I'll kid around with them. And when I did it with Glenn, you know, because I wanted him to move a little certain way. And when I went to touch him, he's like, don't touch me, you know, and I was like, OK. How tall are you? I'm six foot. That's probably why, because he's like super short. Um, yeah. That's interesting. And which album was this? Or which photo? it was the, the, his solo album, his Danzig, uh, his band, his band uh, photo. It was the inside interior. Oh, the, okay. It was okay. with all the hits on it with the mother, the mother, and it was the it was the back cover and the interior, not the back cover, the interior photos where it was kind of opened up as a gatefold and all the publicity and promotion. Now, is there any band that you have not worked with yet, or any? maybe even like sports figure or celebrity out there that you've not worked with that you've always wanted to work with, or maybe like a handful, like five. <laughs> well, I mean, I photographed the stones, the Zeppelin, but I never had a, like a one-on-one -on -one with them, which I would always have loved to. And of course, if you go back another decade to, you know, jazz, Jimmy, uh, 
I would have loved to shot that, of course, you know, those guys. And, uh, but, you know, the Stones and Led Zeppelin, I guess, would be the ones. And the Beatles, too, of course, would, would be a trip. Hendrix? And Hendrix, without a doubt. He, yeah, he'd probably be my number one, yeah. Did you ever meet Alice Cooper's snake? I know you photographed Alice before. Was the snake there? Yeah, I shot him with the snake. What was that like? I'd be freaked out. I mean, that snake looks really big. Uh, this snake. Friendly? Were you afraid it's going to bite you or anything? No, I, I, he had him, so I stayed away. That's pretty good. Yeah, I just, I've only seen him play live once. Did you ever tour with the band and do like a whole like archive of a tour? For them. Yeah, the first time I shot Alice was in 77 when I was still sneaking into concerts. But I shortly, when I started working for the magazines, uh, they gave me access and I did a, a lot of photo shoots with them. Uh, and when Twisted Sister did Be Cruel to Your School, Alice was in the video and he sang on it as well. And, you know, that's when I kind of got to know him a lot. And still to this day, you know, we're still... I just seen him not too long ago on the Monster Rock cruise, and yeah, one of my favorite artists. And I and I do I actually I do an Alice Cooper uh, when I do my uh, events. Like I'll like dress up and I'll sing "Welcome to My Nightmare," and I've done that. And it's on my I have a YouTube channel with all these videos, and that's on there. It's definitely worth seeing. I actually there's one where I do a photo shoot with myself and it's Alice Cooper. It's me dressed up as Alice and I'm talking to myself. And then it goes into where I'm developing film and I morph into Alice in the dream thing. And then I start singing welcome to my nightmare with Keith Roth's band. Uh, we call the Keith Roth and the band of ghouls. So that's on my website. It's at my YouTube channel, which is definitely worth checking out. It sounds like it was your YouTube channel. It's just, uh, the decade that rocked. That's it. The decade that rocked. I've got to check yeah. this out because Alice. I could never get sick of um, of seeing Alice. Uh, like his live stage shows are amazing. Did you oh, ever yeah. go to Europe with any of the bands? Did they ever take you overseas? Yeah, not with Alice, but with the, the other bands. You know, Bon Jovi and Ozzy and uh, Motley, and you know a lot of you know. With Ozzy Scorpion, Scorpion and Iron Maiden, you know. So yeah, I've been I've been around the world with a few bands. Were you there when you bit off the bat's head? I was not there. No. I don't even know if that really happened. Because like, why didn't he have COVID or anything like that? If that's where it really started. But you always hear that story. There's so many different myths. I had this myth, like I heard this myth when I was like 10 that at a Black Sabbath show, they'd throw this little puppy dog around till it died, and then they'd start the music. Fast forward to like mob rules and my babysitter took me and it like the whole rumor was not even true. Like that whole thing oh. it wasn't true. It just made me really scared of them at first. What was your first concert that you went to as a fan? Uh, the first show was Crosby Sills National Young in 1974. Uh, my brother took me and it was at the Roosevelt Stadium in Jersey City. And that was really my first. Uh, I was 14. And that's when I felt like the community of rock and roll was like in the air. So that kind of like gave me the spark to, to take photos, really. Well, I'm sure. And after you got arrested that night at um, Madison Square Garden, did, they, did you actually get out that night? Did you have to call your parents? Like, how did that end up? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I ended up in jail overnight with all the shirt sellers. And then the morning came and they let me out. And they said, if you want your pictures back, you got to appear before the judge. And I was like, you know, just don't tell my parents. And then that's, I just let it go. And I don't know, it was like 50 photographs. It's not, not a big deal. At a dollar a piece. I would have bought it back then knowing what they're like worth now, of course. Yeah. Right. And Circus Magazine, like Circus, Rip, what, what else was there? Hit Parader, uh, Metal Edge, Metal Maniacs. So did you start off with Circus? And like, did you start going to, over to the other magazines as well? Or were you just strictly at Circus Magazine? No, I, I started at Circus. And then once I started getting a little bored and wanted to see my pictures in other magazines, I started, you know, submitting to the other magazines, you know. But as the first couple of years, I was very loyal to Circus. I just wanted to see my picture in the magazine. But then once it got to become a business, I was like, you know, and I started seeing other pictures and other magazines were popping up. I wanted to be part of it and start making some money. So that's when I started going over and then Faces Magazine came. And that's when I started uh, doing a lot for Faces as the main photographer, which gave me a lot of access. And and then I started working for magazines like Us Magazine as well, you know, doing a regular like Drew Barrymore and uh, Kim Bassinger and Alec Baldwin and Danny DeVito. Well, you know, just regular regular celebrities that were in movies. So I did that for a while. So it just branched out to a lot of different avenues. I also worked for men's magazines, you know, we magazine and Sherry and used to shoot, you know, uh, wet t-shirt contests, you know, whatever anyone asked me to do something I would do. You're shooting wet t-shirt contests. Yeah. For the magazines. And then uh, I would do pictorials with women as well, uh, traveling around the, the world with, uh, you know, some models and doing that. Was that Mark DeMaio that owned him? He was the editor in chief of one of those magazines, uh, either Sherry or High Society. Or uh, I don't know. Uh, Peter Wolf was the editor of We Magazine and Sherry. That's who I was working for. Peter okay. Wolf. I just remember and Joey DeMaio's brother was like, <laughs> one of those editor or something in one of those magazines. So that's why I even right. brought it up. And, and then, and then it branched out into, um, uh, we magazine we did and in, the, in the book in 1982, we shot a lot of the, the rock stars with naked women. Uh, <laughs> Motley Crue was their first layout, national layout first, uh, first introduction really to the world. It was through, through my photographs of them with naked women. Yeah. Uh, shot Ozzy with, with some girls in a church and Joe Perry and Motorhead. And uh, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I could imagine. I mean, it's a, it's always a big, I remember the Motley Crue photos at first when they came out with all these naked girls, they looked so cool though. Like I love the images and it's kind of weird being a teenager wanting to grow up to be, to do something like that, to like be one of those girls in a photo or like even something like a Budweiser ad. But you definitely had a way of making everything look glamorous and fun, which is a skill. Yeah, it was fun. A lot of girls look very uncomfortable. Did you ever see the movie Almost Famous? Yeah, absolutely. Were you ever that kid at any point in your career? Yeah, I mean, that was me. But a photographer. Did your parents actually support what you did when they saw you making money to pay for things? Uh. My parents were supportive, but they wanted me to, you know, go to college and, you know, the whole, you know, that whole thing. So that's kind of a similar 
but then once they saw that I really was passionate about it, they would uh, support and lend me money to get film and cameras and things like that. And do you think there's anywhere out there that could still sell um, print magazines like Circus back in the day? Like if it was a publication like that, like maybe every few months, do you, still, do you think there's a possibility of that ever happening or do you think it's basically dead with magazines now? Yeah, I don't think it's happening. But what's happening is there a lot of these magazines are doing the one shots on like John Bon Jovi or, uh, you know, if someone with legs, you know, on the Grateful Dead or whoever it is, but not like a regular metal magazine, uh, you either have to be dead or you have to have some kind of lifetime achievement. Uh, but, you know, there's still, you know, there's still some magazines out there, just a handful mostly uh like you know a classic rock is the is the one that that's still going but as kind of like a fan magazine it's not really happening anymore unfortunately yeah in europe they have magazines like i lived in norway for a while and they still had a magazine coming out like every few months so that was like the only that's like the last time i saw a physical print magazine for metal with foldouts and everything and it looked beautiful like they're so well done uh so are you still, you're still doing the podcast, The Decade That Rocked, and then you have the book coming out, right? Yep. Yep. The Kevin Dubrow book. Yep. And then what else are you going to have coming out? Uh, well, I have a shirt line that I have a few oh. artists with. Stephen Piercy, uh, uh, Tom Kiefer from Cinderella, and Rob Halford uh, through Recycle Karma. And okay. they're, they're putting them out. And I'm going to also be developing my rock scene site. The Decade That Rocked podcast is now going to be called uh, Rock Scene. So I'm transferring that over. I've been interviewing people for the last 10 years. So I have over 100 inter interviews that we're going to put on and make as podcasts. So if you go to rockscene.com, you can see a lot of cool stuff for sure. R-O-X-Y? Was that? R-O-C-K. Oh, R-O-C-K. So R-O-C-K.com, and then we'll see everything on there. You knew yeah, about your podcast, hmm? It's R O C K S C E N E, rock scene. Rock scene. Okay, duh. I should have realized. Okay, yeah, R O C K S C E N E. And we'll definitely post the links to it. And you worked on that with Greg, right? All the interviews. Yes. Before. Yeah. That must have been yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, he's like the uh, the ringleader. And I, uh, you know, we interview people together. Yeah, we did that briefly. Then we just kind of gone on, went on different um, schedules for a while. And the thing is, like, everyone misses Greg's voice because he's got that perfect radio voice and mm -hmm. everyone's always asking about him. So at the end of the day, obviously, you've had this great career of photographing and doing all these great archives of people. Is there anything else you didn't do that you want to do, like, as a career, aside from mowing a lawn, possibly? Yeah, uh, I'm just starting to work with uh, a kid that I'm going to be managing. Uh, so that's something that I'd like to see, you know, if I can help people out to get to the next level, that's kind of what I, you know, I'll probably, I'll probably do for the next, you know, part of my life. Well, that's great. That's awesome. And you're still in New Jersey. You're still a New Jersey person. Yep. I'm in, I'm in New Jersey. I'm in Rumson, uh, Jersey Shore. And uh, I plan on keeping this this space for a while and possibly relocating to uh, the Keys or somewhere warm during the winter. So that, that's my next thing. 
Oh, cool. And what's with the albums behind you? They're like gold albums, platinum albums. What are those? Oh, these are just my presents that people give me, you know, back in the day that, you know, if I did the album covers or, um, or I did their, I went on tour with them, but, you know, Wow. Shout out the Devil by Motley behind me. It's one of my favorites. Cinderella Night Songs, Anthrax, Stockin'. Uh, and this here, this didn't, this didn't air yet, but uh, the Metal Hall of Fame uh, awarded this with me, and they we did a taping of uh, the show that it's going to be on. I think it's, it might be Netflix in the next couple months. And, you know, they gave me the award on. Uh, uh, what does it say? Uh, I don't know. But, you know, my achievements in the rock and roll world of metal. So uh, D. Snyder does the introduction and that should be coming out pretty soon. Yeah, I love D. Like, I love the movie Strangeland. So mm-hmm. I went up to him at Ozfest. I told him that Strangeland was like pure cinematic genius. I don't know if he thought I was joking, but I wasn't joking because I really I just thought it was great. And I still want to know to this day how he got like Donald Trump to dance with him, because that was just the most odd thing I've ever seen. Where was that? I saw um, someone posted it somewhere online, but it was Trump and you had Ivanka. And um, I don't think Trump Jr. was in it uh, and they were dancing to we're not going to take it. Holy cow. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm sure sure he regrets that. No, but I just remember seeing those photos of him and I get really scared because I wasn't sure what it was like coming out of there. Did you photograph the Poison album? Uh, I did the back cover of, uh, uh, what was it, the one in 1990. Uh, Coming, open open up. What, what, was, what was it? There was what the cat dragged in and open up. Oh, no, 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 I didn't do that. No. Open up and say, ah, that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I did the back cover of that. Yeah, when the other one came out, I thought there were like four girls on the cover. I think. Oh, right. Yeah, no, out. I didn't do that. I <laughs> shot him that same year, but it, I didn't shoot him that early on. And where do you see like hair metal in the future? I know it's kind of a weird question because it's a thing of the past, sort of, but you see a lot of the younger generation catching on to it finally. Like maybe there's hope. Yeah, I mean, I, I hope that there's, I always like love photographing bands with an image and, and you know, the more, you know, makeup and and glam, I love that whole glam look, uh, you know, because I was, you know, brought up in the 70s and I used to love bands like T-Rex and Bowie and The Sweet and everyone was glammed up even more than, than the 80s. Uh, and for some reason, the 80s get this like uh, title with hair metal where, it was kind of cool in the seventies to be glammed up, but in the eighties, it, it ends up not being cool. So, um, uh, you know, I just thought it was just, you know, a little step, step closer to, um, bigger than life. And that's what it was. All that hairspray and makeup was just larger than life images. And it was, a, it was kind of a cool time. And to be a photographer during that time was, you know, pretty cool, uh, you know, to capture all that. Yeah, I'm kind of jealous of you. Um, so when I lived overseas and I still have a lot of friends in Norway and that whole Scandic area, uh, a lot of the younger generation there, they're actually into the hair metal. So there are these three guys and I nicknamed them the way outs, like from the Flintstones, the mm-hmm. cartoon. Yeah, I remember <laughs> and, that. 
there are these three Swedish guys, but they had like the weird, the spiky hair, kind of like Tina Turner ish, but very big. And they just walked around the Sunset Strip. They went to MI, but I guess they love hair metal in those areas. And a lot of them have like the look with the, I mean, the leather jacket and the spiky hair and the makeup. So I guess it's one of those things where it's more appreciated there than it is here Mm. for whatever reason. Um, And did you ever play in a band? No, when I was like 13, 14, I tried, but then I realized I, I, I don't have the musical talent for that. So I, you know, everyone's I'm sure tried. Yeah, I guess. What was the instrument that you played? Guitar. Interesting. Well, do you still see, do you still go to live shows even if you're not working or photographing anyone? Yeah, no doubt. I'm actually going to be going to see kicks tomorrow. Oh, Uh, cool. And I'll be doing a book signing up in up at the club. So I'll do a book signing and hang out. And Judas Priest is playing next week uh, in New in New Jersey too. So yeah, whoever comes around town, I'm always popping in there. I'll take pictures, I'll post some uh, and hang out. I just saw Judas Priest the other night. I love his motorcycle. But I just like seeing Rob because he just never like nothing gets old about watching him do a live show. He's so energetic. Um, did you go to Lizzie Borden? There's this venue in New Jersey. It was in North Bergen and Lizzie Borden played there during the Master of Disguise tour. Did you ever photograph Lizzie? Uh, I didn't never photograph Lizzie Borden. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's so weird. I thought maybe because he has this, this theatrical stage show and he kills right. people on stage. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I never did. Wow. And what were your thoughts on Lemmy? Uh, you know, just very, uh, you know, he, he didn't like, uh, <laughs> he was just a funny guy, you know, uh, very uh, skeptical of people. So he would only like certain people and he didn't like, you know, bullshit. And uh, he was kind of straight to the point. And, you know, he was just rock and roll, really. Did you ever see the statue at the Rainbow? Yeah, I was just there during the Frankie Benelli uh, memorial. It was the first time I saw the statue. And uh, it was pretty, that's pretty cool. He would have loved that. He'd be hanging out there right now. He could. Yeah, I was there that night when they unveiled the statue. Oh, right on. Yeah, it's really cool. I like it. They had like everything perfectly done, even the mole on the face. <laughs> yeah. All right. So people want to find you on the web, but see, besides rockscene.com, where else can they go on your YouTube station? Well, you go to the decade that rocked.com or any social media. I mean, you know, that's where everything kind of launches. It's my, my branding page. But um, on Facebook, it's uh, Mark Weiss guy or M Weiss guy on all the Twitters. I forget even what's what. But if you go to the decade that rocked and you scroll down, you'll see all the little icons and you just click on it. It's pretty easy. The, the decade that rock.com. And there's some cool videos on there. And oh. you can get the book. I, I you know, I'll, you can get the book on Amazon, but you can also get it. I personalize it if you if you want. Okay, I'm just looking up the link. Now, when you said videos, did you have videos from the photo shoots that you did? Like, uh, no, uh, videos of like uh, new interviews and things like that. But there is there is a video of, of the Come Out and Play album where you can see me shooting D and uh, the creating of that street and uh, that whole thing. It's pretty amusing. It's definitely 
And there is actually some pretty cool footage of my wedding in, from 1987 when Sebastian Bach and Zach Wilde came with Kevin Dubrow was there too. And they were all kind of jammy for a half an hour. So I just posted that last year and uh, through Rolling Stone magazine. And that's definitely entertaining because I, you see me too. I'm up there doing bang your head with them. Where was the street for come out and play? It's in my garage right now. Was it was, it? Yeah, it was built. It was, my father had a construction company and he built it and brought it into my studio in New York and uh, had a manhole cover, which is now at the Hard Rock in Vegas uh, somewhere. I got to go dig that up and find it because we had an exhibition there maybe five, six years ago. Could have been 10 years. And uh, so it's the actual manhole cover. And mm -hmm. this is the uh, the back of the cover right here. See this? Oh, yeah, I see that. Oh, I, I like so the mask up there. That's yeah, so th this was under me and he was kind of lifting it. So that's made out of, um, you know, wood. So that's not heavy, but we actually have a real manhole cover. And where in New York was the studio back then? Uh, it's right across from the Empire State Building on 33rd Street. Oh, okay. That was near Revolver Records. And now the manager of the record store there looked a little bit like Dee Schneider. Oh, really? Yeah, this guy, Teddy. And oddly enough, Teddy's nephew is this uh, very uh, well-known producer with uh, most extreme metal bands, Jason Sukoff. So it's this weird, like small world of like everything. Mm -hmm. So interesting. But yeah, I've, it's definitely nice if you take take the time out to chat with me. I've been a huge fan of your work and I will definitely check out all of your stuff and um yeah it really was the decade that rocked i don't think there'll ever be another decade like that i mean to mm. this day uh, anything with tawny katane and i love the slaughter album yeah. uh, I, yeah. I think she was a playmate and she was dating robin crosby uh i forgot her name Lor Lori or lauren or something but yeah but i remember all that stuff but so thanks you, huh so you, you want to be on one of those you wish you were on one of those covers huh i was underage it would have been well okay 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 now you're going to drag something out of me i'm not supposed to say so i was underage and i was in this biker magazine called outlawed biker mm -hmm. and i was 16 years old or seven i was like a soft 17. so um i was in that magazine and then i just wanted to be in something cool so I did this Limp Biscuit tribute album cover for Cleopatra Records. I did this power metal video um, for this band out of uh, Pittsburgh, Icarus Witch. And I was in a Steel Panther video when they were metal school. Right. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, any girl I feel that like glam and glitz and you know, wasn't really afraid of that, would want to be on an album cover like that. I, I mean, the girls were gorgeous. I think nowadays with this, this uptight temperature, they would not allow it. Right. I think that's a total sin. That slippery when wet is why I wanted to get breast implants. Oh. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I have you to thank for that. Um, yeah. But, yes, I always wanted to be in an album cover like that because I thought they were the best. And the slaughter one was just stunning. Well, you should reenact them. <laughs> yeah with my cell phone i can't even take a selfie yeah i like the slaughter one the best because she was a brunette and i don't know if those were implants but she was perfectly proportioned she had large eyes and like high cheekbones and like a cute little nose but she was like one of my favorite models that's an awesome cover for sure yeah
Absolutely. But yeah, so maybe, yeah, maybe one day I'll, I'll have the chance to do it. That would be the only thing. Let's look one of the three things left on my bucket list that the meet Henry Rollins and then ride my motorcycle through the Swiss Alps or like down the Amalfi coast in Italy. Those All are the right. only goals I have left in my life. <laughs> your bucket list. All right. Yes. So it's nice chatting with you and then just sit tight for a second. So don't forget to check him out all over the web and I will put the tags up there, but the decade that rock. And um, thank you so much for joining us. Tower!